0: My name is Padraig Otuma and one of the things I love about poetry is how it can collapse so many different things that happened in your life across different periods of your life, the past, the present and the future even, into one poem. And in this way, you're facing the pain of yourself in the past, and hopefully the increasing healing of yourself now, and the person you want to be and the person you will become. And all of those are in some kind of conversation with each other. It doesn't make it easy, but it does make it powerful. Essay on Reentry by Reginald Duane Betts. At 2am, without enough spirits spilling into my liver to know to keep my mouth shut, my youngest learned of years I spent inside a box, a spell, a kind of incantation I was under. Not whiskey, but history. I robbed a man. This... Months before, he would drop bucket after bucket on opposing players. The entire bedraggled bunch, five and six, and he leaping as if every layup erases something. That's how I saw it. My screaming, coaching, sweating presence, recompense for the pen. My father has never seen me play ball as part of this. My oldest knew told of my crimes by a stranger. Tell me we aren't running towards failure is what I want to ask my sons. But it is two in the a.m. The oldest has gone off to dream in the comfort of his room. The youngest, despite him seeming more lucid than me, just reflects cartoons back from his eyes. So when he tells me, Daddy, it's okay, I know what's happening is some straggling angel lost from his pack, finding a way to fulfill his duty, lending words to this kid who crawls into my arms, wanting more than stories of my prison, the sleep that he fought while I held court at a bar with men who knew that when the drinking was done, the drinking wouldn't make the stories we brought home any easier to tell. One of the things that speaks to me in the poem is the question about identity. And in this poem, the speaker of the poem, the poet, Reginald Dwayne Betts, all of these um, identities are being put forward for him. A man, a man who's been out with friends, a father, a son, a man who did one thing for which he was punished, and a man who lives with ongoing punishment in the question of reentry and a sentence and a story that follows him around. A man who's interested in sports and interested in coaching and clearly because he's writing poems, he's interested in literature and a man who is awake at night and a deep tenderness and a sense of lamenting and a man who is um, both alone and profoundly in tender contact and a man also who is considering the way within which time plays itself out and he is writing as a black man who served a custodial sentence and writing in a critiquing way about a prison structure that is so lent towards incarcerating black men. There are so many scenes in this poem and this can be a really helpful way sometimes to look at a poem and to break it down into scenes, almost like it's a film. That doesn't work with every poem, but it really works with this poem. And in this, the the character of time is really present. So the first scene, a man's awake at 2am, his son's next to him and the cartoons on the television are being reflected in the eyes of the sun. And then the next scene goes just back a little bit in time to the the poet who's at the bar with some other fellas. And then it goes back earlier, much earlier, and the man's locked up. And back earlier again in terms of a scene and we, we hear of the crime. And then time shoots forward to a new scene where this younger son is at a sports game, a basketball game, and then the father's watching the son at the sports game. And then... The next scene goes back in time where the poet himself is a boy now and at a sports game where his own father never made it. And then time changes again to a new scene, to a more recent time where the poet's older son has heard of the father's crimes from a stranger. And then we're right back in the present moment. And the sleepless son is telling his dad, it's okay, Daddy. And then that son is crawling into his dad's arms, wanting to find the sleep that he's been fighting. And then we go back to a bunch of men coming home from a bar with stories that aren't easy to tell. And so time goes back and forth and back and forth in all of these scenes that we can see so clearly and The poet isn't telling us too much about all the things that he's thinking, except in the simplicity and purity of the language, we feel all the weight of all the things that he is thinking. He's not saying, and this was in my mind, and that was in my mind, and I was angry at the stranger, and I didn't want a, a stranger to tell this other son, you know, but we know it there because he's giving us such simple images to see, and they are quickly described But we never feel rushed while seeing those scenes and as a result I think we're brought into a phenomenal and beautiful elongated moment that holds so much time in it. Reginald Wayne Betts is a master at using words with multiple meanings. The book that this poem is in is called Felon, and that word felon comes from an old word, feloon, an adjective meaning cruel or wicked. And so, by putting that on the front cover of the book, there is a challenge. And even the front cover of the book has the paintings of four black men whose faces are mostly covered over with cloth or with paint. And so you all you see is the colour of their skin and the word felon. And this book is in a certain sense an exploration of all these kinds of terms that are used in criminal contexts, used in the justice system or in prison, and not just the word felon, but other words too. So re-entry, for instance. Reentry entry is a uh, way to talk about what happens when a person has served a sentence in prison and is now coming home. But also essay, essay coming from the French word essay, meaning to try. And you wonder, is this over and over again trying to re-enter? And that re-entry isn't just when a person has served a sentence and is now home, but actually you're going to be trying over and over again to re-enter. Reginald Duane Betts served an eight year prison sentence for robbery, as he was mentioning in the poem, 14 months of which was in solitary confinement. And when he was in solitary, somebody, and he never knew who, would put arbitrary books through his door, which he was reading, including at one point the 1971 poetry anthology, The Black Poets. And he describes this as a way that moved him into poetry. And so when he Left, you know, he went on to the University of Maryland and then he went on to study law and he got accepted at the bar. And now he's doing or has recently completed a PhD in law at Yale. And so for him, he is highlighting through this usage of language a phenomenal critique of the ways within which words, slang words that are used to refer to what it's like to serve a prison sentence continue on outside. And he is using this character of time, I think, to critique the idea that a criminal justice is served and finished in time. And that the question about reentry, the burden about what re-entry is, is put on people who, more than likely, in many situations shouldn't have been serving the amount of time that they were. Eight years for carjacking, fourteen months in solitary confinement. He was sixteen and he was tried as an adult. And so that criminal justice system is being put under the spotlight. And that, I think, is being held up to be examined in this whole book and elements of that in this poem as well. There are all kinds of... um, reachings out that are happening in this poem, you know, a man is reaching out to his friends by going out to spend an evening talking and drinking at a bar. And a man is reaching out to the son that's awake in the middle of the night and lamenting the lack of reaching out that happened between him and his dad when he was younger, going to sports games himself. And so in many ways, this is a poem exploring its own masculinities and exploring the connection of tenderness and the vulnerability of sadness that's there. There is pain in terms of how he worries about running towards failure and pain too in the way that some stranger told his older son the story about his father's spell in prison. And wanting to not let that happen a second time with the second son, but presumably also knowing that that's going to be a burden, a sentence really, that the younger son will carry. I find it so moving the way that, you know, just after he's told his younger son, the scene flips and moves forward and says this months before he would drop bucket after bucket on opposing players, the entire bedraggled bunch, five and six. And he leaping as if every layup erases something. He sees this energy in his younger son a few months later after this scene. And he is wondering, is my son, you know, doing this to erase something or hoping that something could be erased what the shame that's being put on the family because of something that was paid for in the justice system already there is a sense of vulnerability and wishing that there could be such a thing as redemption in a system that doesn't seem to believe in redemption for people I think this poem has a variety of invitations. Um, One of them is to reflect on how a criminal justice system punishes families and punishes people far beyond um, a particular custodial sentence. Whether or not that custodial sentence was even um, just in the first place, of course, is being critiqued. And even if it is, to consider the ongoing impact on the entirety of the family. The callous way within which people might speak about somebody else and what's the first story we tell about them, I think that's being highlighted here. And the way within which language to speak about the experience of a family being caught up in the criminal justice system needs to be considered. And we need to have a family first and person first approach toward thinking about what true redemption in terms of thinking about what societal justice could look like. Essay on Re-Entry by Reginald Duane Betts At 2am, without enough spirits spilling into my liver to know to keep my mouth shut, my youngest learned of years I spent inside a box, a spell, a kind of incantation I was under. Not whiskey, but history. I robbed a man. This months before he would drop bucket after bucket on opposing players, the entire bedraggled bunch, five and six, and he leaping as if every layup erases something. That's how I saw it, my screaming, coaching, sweating presence, recompense for the pen. My father has never seen me play ball, is part of this. My oldest knew, told of my crimes by a stranger. Tell me we aren't running towards failure, is what I want to ask my sons. But it is two in the a.m. The oldest has gone off to dream in the comfort of his room. The youngest, despite him seeming more lucid than me, just reflects cartoons back from his eyes. So when he tells me, Daddy, it's okay... I know what's happening is some straggling angel, lost from his pack, finding a way to fulfil his duty, lending words to this kid who crawls into my arms, wanting, more than stories of my prison, the sleep that he fought while I held court at a bar with men who knew that when the drinking was done, the drinking wouldn't make the stories we brought home any easier to tell. Thank you. Reentry comes from Reginald Dwayne Betts's Felon. Thank you to W.W. Norton and Company for giving us permission to use Reginald's poem. Read it on our website at onbeing.org. Poetry Unbound is. Gautham Shrikishan, Chris Heagle, Erin Colasacco, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gautham Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota Land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen, or visit us at OnBeing.org to find out more. This podcast is produced by OnBeing Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.